Okay, let's let me re review the um, uh, just essentially sort of as a succinct uh, way of saying what James chapter two was saying with respect to this fatal works thing, and then we go talk about this thing that um, this girl is on fire, but it's the tongue that's on fire. Uh, faith and works, um, so that there's no confusion. Faith and works. One is the evidence of the other. And so at some level, they are one and the same. It's like one is the parent and the other is the child. Um, a child cannot say that they have no parents. Likewise, a parent cannot say that they are a parent unless there is evidence that they have a child. And so if you put a parent, say that the parent is the faith, then the natural question was, so as a parent, where is your child? And if you see a child, then that is evidence that there is faith. Um, and that way it might simplify the, what sometimes might appear to be a conflict, particularly in verse 24 of chapter 2 that says, you see that man is justified by works and not only or not by faith alone. Uh, and the example that they used earlier with reference to Abraham and Rahab, let me just check your memory. Um, the example of uh, Rahab, how, no, let's start with Abraham first. What was, uh, how did Abraham demonstrate his faith? Um, but then what did he do that scripture says that he was justified by his works? Yeah, 21 says this, this way, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac his son on the altar? Question. You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works of faith was perfected. Interesting word, perfected there. So, in a sense, how would you say in your own words, how did Abraham demonstrate his faith? By deciding to follow the God on Okay. Um, any objection to that? Then I'm going to merge those two thoughts once I go to that girl named Rahab. Any objection? None? Okay. Let's go to that Rahab. She's mentioned someplace as well. What about her? What did she do, um, if anything? that demonstrated her faith. 25 says, And in the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So we have those two. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> so how would we... Um, 
probably defined or decided that rehab was justified by how works in a, in a contemporary nutshell. Okay. Any objection to that? That's how she demonstrated her works. I don't remember the story. You don't remember the story. Okay. Um, here's the question. Abraham first was going to kill his son. Sacrifice his son. So one way to demonstrate that you have uh, faith is to kill people. What do you say about that? I'm not. When you put it, why Okay, but when you die for someone, are you showing faith in the person you died for or somebody else who's still alive? Okay, 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 okay. So if it's easy, it's all right. So if it's if it's not your son, it should be easier. What about your neighbor? If he's a if it's a what? Okay. I have you allow me to take the smooth. Uh, let me ask you. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? I always say that a master's vision yeah. was particular. And then, like, maybe this is really just for him and that's his faith. Anybody else, I think they, you know, he's in, you know, Samson has been built in both the future. But he grew up because that was only the one son in Christ. So, ah, there's like, he can son. Okay. Let me let me rephrase the question and say it another way. Exactly. <laughs> First, let me ask you: Would you say before all of this? Now you have the whole story, so in a sense you have an advantage. But 
Let me ask you a question. Would you say that Abraham had faith in God? Yes. Just, just generally state. I think, I think he had faith in God. He knew that God wanted the best man. That's, that's what he knew. He knew that. He knew that. Okay. Wanted the best man. So, and, and he, and he knew God. It wasn't really his son. It's his son because we're born of him. But he knew that once it was born, it was, it was God's born. So God was involved in able to do whatever he wanted to do with him. Even if it may take his life, you know, it was still going to heaven or it was God's own. So that's like saying, if I give you something, I'm able to take it away. That's just my right because I gave it to you. Okay. So he wasn't really the owner of the child. I think that's how Abraham, I think that's how Abraham was thinking of it. And he was, he was willing to sacrifice the son. Okay. Uh, another comment there. Yes, sir. I would say something about the guys going on. I hear what you're saying. So, as you think about it, you asked if Abraham had faith in the Lord. Yeah. He had to have faith in the Lord to sacrifice the son because from the beginning, it was like a phenomenon for him to have a son from that, from his wife's hair. So, how old, was, how old was Abraham when his son was born? Remember, if you remember the story back, God had said something to him initially, all right, in terms of the promise that his descendants, his seed, there he was going to make them multiply, almost like the suns on the sea, the stars in the sky. In other words, he's going to have a lot of children. And like you said, El, that was 40 years, 50 years earlier, before he was born. Now, this time Isaac is, um, he, he can walk, you know, so at least he's a, probably a teenager, all right, and at least that. Um, so he's just maybe now 50, 60 years or so after the promise. So you have to remember that. All right, now if God says, 
I'm going to make you um, you like a mighty nation. That means your children have to, you have to populate. You're going to be a nation to yourself. I'm calling you to create hard or as it were, special people, just for me, and it's going to start with you. Now to know that and hold that thought in your head, as you said, this phenomenon of having a son at that age with his wife who she thought yeah, that's not a possibility. Hence, remember the story when she heard the first, she laughed, I've got to be joking. You know, that was not on the talk show back then. Um, but she thought this can't be real. And then, now God is telling him directly, take your only son, Isaac, and offer him back up to me as a sacrifice. Now, yes, these two dilemmas. God says, you're going to make me, my descendants, a mighty nation. Then you tell me, on the other hand, take the only son I just got and sacrifice him. That can be, uh, which one of these is real? You can't, so you have to choose. So, you kill him. so I have to come to the point where, if God says, he's going to make me my nation, yeah, I don't get that. That's, thank you for that. This other part, now that I started the process, then you ask me to kill that's, that's a challenge. But he was obedient. He went through it and was about to carry that out. Because his son asked him once, you know, you bring the wood, you know, um, because he had some servants with him that he left at the foot of the mountain. You stay here, we're going to go a little further to take your business. All right? And our son carried the wood. All that he carried was the knife, you know, the heavy load. All right? So up there, he determined that, and you know the story well, he was about to, to do that. You climb on top of the other. Because the boy did ask Daddy, I, we get everything ready here. We get the wood, <laughs> we get the knife. Yeah, we don't see the sacrifice yet. So, what's the deal? Comment? That was strange because if you told the Lord out of seven hours, his son didn't know what he was going to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's a show, his son of me. You can see his son old enough. He's a shepherd on the rise. So, for this time, the stranger is saying, hold on, please put your hand on the ground. That's why you have to go out of the Why? So, you don't mind that this son is obeying it. Yeah. yeah. It's like this son is in the same position as him. And that's a good thing to have a relationship between parents and their, their children, where they respect or the obedience is. Um, uncompromised, it doesn't matter, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm committed to it. And so, as you know, the end of the story, he climbed up. I don't know if he had to strap him down, as if he can jump off the altar. But he was about to just punch the knife into his son. When there's this interruption, you know, the cell phone call, you know, and he picked up his phone, somebody says, this is a smartphone call, you know, um, hello, uh, don't harm the boy. And at the same time that happened, they hear this little animal over there caught in the ticket. There's a real sacrifice. Then God says, now I know that you believe in me, right? that I can trust, that you trust in me. And that's a boy, that's taking it close. That was close. Because only a fraction of a second later, it would be too late. You know? And we know the rest of the story. Now, that means that now, what we were talking about, what we said earlier, is that Faith, you can say, somebody can say they have faith, but there's no evidence of it. You know, so works should be the product or the evidence of your faith. So how do we know that Abraham had faith? We look at what he was willing to do. 
you know, and in this case, to the extreme that he would be prepared to kill his son, give his son back. But that's in serious faith. If somebody comes up and asks us, do you believe in God? Most people, well, some people would say yes today. Yeah, and then they, they, they rephrase and say, do you have faith in God? Yeah? And then that's all they say. And then you say, well, so what are, you, what are some things you've done to demonstrate your faith? Um, well, I go to church. Does going to church mean that you have faith? Is that evidence? Do you believe that everybody who goes to church has faith in God? He's not in this world? I mean, he, he's in this world, uh -huh. but his presence overcome the Lord, signed for They did it in the So what I'm trying to say, he's in a spiritual level, right? Like, in this parallel world. So people who claim to see this, see this, who get blessed to see this parallel world, see spirits or ghosts in this parallel world, but they say people who rest well, Is that everybody who goes to church, does that mean that they have faith? Faith and works. What justifies it? What makes you like what makes you stand right before God? So that they can say that you are justified before God. The scripture says that you're justified by faith alone. Or and it's James is saying here, um, you're justified by works. And if you read it early, he does say you're justified by faith, but then he says you're not justified by faith alone. You're justified by faith and works. So what I'm asking is to make sure that we are clear so we do not confuse that. Your salvation is not based on what you do in terms of works, if there is no faith. So I'm saying faith, as I mentioned earlier, um, faith is like the parent giving birth to the evidence, we call that the child. So your evidence, it's like what we were talking about with Abraham. How do I know Abraham had faith? I saw what he's willing to do. So that's the evidence or result or product of his faith. 
because that's what I can see. You know, um, faith could be spiritual. I can say it, but you won't know that because anybody can learn the language and say, I have faith, do you have faith? Yeah. And you can ask God, do you have faith? But if there's no evidence of that, I wonder whether or not you really have faith. You know, that's that's the question I'm asking. So I'm saying just to make sure you don't miss, give people the misinformation that everybody who goes to church of faith. And let me take that another step further. Everybody who says they pray every day, whatever that means, um, means that they have faith. You know, you pray every day. Who do you pray to? Who do you pray for? You know, is that it? The context is asking just to make sure that somebody who says you have faith should show some evidence. You know, in other words, your faith is towards God. Your work is really with something that humans that we can see as well. But I can't see faith. You know, but I can see your work. So that's the horizontal level, man to man, vertical. And so the two of them are really, in a sense, in the se- um, inseparable. If you have faith, there should be work. And mind you, you say, if it works first, and because that can trick you. Because some people are pretty doing things. That's why I use the, the example of um, if Abraham was were prepared to kill his son, that means that everybody who killed somebody, and they can say after they killed somebody, I did that for the Lord, to demonstrate that I believe in God. So, there's nothing wrong with that. Is the, um, because one way to get people saved is to kill them, you know, or intimidate them into heaven. You know, you just go on a rampage and kill as many people and say, the next person I see, you out of here. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. Do you think that the Lord uh, condones war? Short answer. Yes or no? Okay. For certain reasons. So it depends on the person now when you decide. Well, let me back up the comment you just made. Um, the person who decides to join the army, the point that they even had an interest knows that that's a possibility, that you have to fight. That's the whole idea of having an army. If you join the police force, you know that you are the, you are the law, you are there to uphold and defend the law. You will always find in any community there are those who oppose the law. Human nature is to violate the law. That's that of the king, right? So those on the king's side of the road, 
and the scheme still exists. All right. So when you decide you're going to defend the law, you, I, I met some people who I talked to who um, do not believe in, let's say, if they have to kill someone um, as a belief, uh, they can't do that. Well, maybe then you, you, your police, what kind of police you want to do? Behind the desk, you may want to be the forensic. You can come and examine the body after death, all right? You can choose which part you want to be. I just want to play music. I want to be in a musical band. But they don't be playing music with 24-7 on the eight-hour shift. So when, yeah, you may have that additional talent. But when there's a special need, they want all the boots on the ground, all right? You've been trained. You've been through the same training. All right, so I need you to be here to man this station, this position. You need to be on patrol here, there. So if there is an element in the community that step up who challenges or seek to harm another citizen um, or damage property, police comes in. It's like your house on fire. People run away from fire, then we call the firemen. The firemen must run through the fire. Otherwise, you don't need your fireman running and you running. What's the point? You know, that doesn't make any sense. So when there's a problem, we normally call the police. The police must run towards. That's what you choose to be trained in. And we hope that, hey, that's uh, important. And I believe in that sense that God would have set up institutional government to do that. Here, I, I was thinking that you were speaking. There's a man in the Bible. Um, his name is Eglon. All right. Um, he's a fat man. He's very fat. Yeah. Yeah, um, but he was king. Um, he was killed by a left-hand man <laughs> named Ehud. Uh, but um, this man, because let's say Eglon was, let's say, dominating God's people, Abraham's children, all right? And we call them grandchildren, you know, because that is when modern grand. But at this point when God says, oh, I need this to stop, because the children are going to start complaining. Because but the reason why God allowed this foreign element or force to dominate them because they kept sinning. And God said, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to, let's say, I'm going to remove my protection. I'm going to take down my security bars and my alarm system out and leave you there and let the other people come in and dominate you. And when they were being dominated, and they started hollering, yeah, yeah, and I love you, sorry, we did we pause it. And then God said, okay. Then he raised up somebody. He had a left-hand guy, military, thinking, training. Told the people, okay, give me some, uh, you can take some gifts to the king who's dominating us. And of course, he sent his envoy, gave him the gift. But of course, before he went, he made the sword, you know, he made this one, you know, normally not all swords were sharpened on two sides. It's like you have a cutlass, then you have one side sharp. Imagine your cutlass sharp on both sides, you can slice them out both ways. Well, he had made this um, sword. Um, it was, he said, it's a cubit. So it's a long fellow, you know, three foot, and he strapped it to his thigh. thigh. And, and then he, uh, he covered it, obviously he concealed it, went, delivered the gifts, and then people who bought the gift, he told them they could leave. All right, and then he told the king, I, I, want, I have a secret for you um, that I must tell you in private. So he says, okay, he sent everybody else out, you know, and so he had went up to him, of course, in private, and then he, then he took out the sword um, from his right thigh, as the scripture tells us, um, and he um, plunged it into the king in private. <laughs> um, and the, the, the book is very interesting and very expressive in that. And he said he pushed it all the way into the handle, 
you know, you know, now I guess this guy was fat. Now I don't know if he's that wide. <laughs> but this sword was specially made for him. This is what you call a custom made sword. <laughs> for him, you know, special order. But pushed it all the way to the handle. And this is the fat, so I guess the fat and it and it uses her belly, you know. Um, covered the handle of the sword. And then it says all the it says in my I think many has used the word refuge and all of the other stuff come out. And he came out, locked the door behind him, and left. You know, of course, because everybody thought, because the king said everybody else to see had a secret he wanted to be told. But he did get the secret. You know, um, the secret was this um, sword, three foot plunged into his belly. And, and he left. And so when the servants came in, um, when, by the way, when he heard left, he locked the door behind him. You know, and this was up in the cool veranda of the king, you know, sitting on his balcony, I guess. And you can see that little private um, commode, little toilet in there as well. Because when the servants came and they made the door lock, they thought maybe the king is in there, um, you know, they call it um, relieving himself. You know, so they didn't, they, did, they waited a while because they said, well, he didn't answer, so I'll wait. But after a while, they became anxious and decided we better get the key and check it out. Well, of course, when he did that, by the time now he had already left, gone to another place, left the premises, left their immediate environment, um, but found him dead. All right. Um, obviously, at this point now, he had his miles away and begin to come back. Because when the king is in present, of course, somebody who's going to give direction. If you don't have that set up structure in place, who's going to be king? So the end of that story was that the children of Israel went pursue them, attack, because now God is on their side to ensure that they will have success. Wipe them out um, in one day. And, on, and kill these valiant, strong men of Moab. And the Bible says 10,000 of them died that day. Only 10,000, you know. It's a lot of people at one time. But then there was peace in Israel for the next 80 years, as Ehud was ruling. You know, at least he's commander in chief at the time. So sometimes God does allow or raise the people, depends on what it is that God tells you. See these people that want you to go attack, kill all of them. And he's done that. Very clear in scripture. Don't leave none alive, including women. And the dog. <laughs> Alright. Your please. Um, I think war nowadays in the box. Do you know of any place in the world right now where there's war? To tell you the truth, 
It's more like rumors now. Rumors, rumors of what? There's no real war going on. Serial. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. Um, but in America, I don't want to tip go too far off, off task here, other than saying this. Um, and you mentioned something a little bit a moment ago. The Because of disobedience to God, um, the war that exists primarily now in the Middle East, you know, particularly Israel is involved, um, seems to be the hot spot because people around or those nations around Israel that do not like Israel, you know, they, everybody's trying to, you know, I wipe Israel off. Israel has no, you heard about Palestine, um, Israel has no right. In the land that you're referring to, if God gives this land to his children, other people are saying, no, that thing yours. We are, we own peace, we've been living here long enough, just beyond us. So that, uh, we're going to fight. This is, this is my problem. You come over this war, we're going to fight. You heard about Gaza Strip. Not Gaza Strip down out um, Solar Road. That's another Gaza Strip, you know? <laughs> yeah. Pardon? I mean, you know, in the original Gaza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 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 When I said when there's a war, yeah. it's not like when they say Vietnam war, they take war and they fight. It's just people and they want to the country, they want this side killing. Yeah. I kill you, you kill one of my person. I yeah. war. I'm talking about war, like wholesale, official. Back in the days, now I talk about the Iraq. Yeah. I talk about the British war. People actually come in and mention the war. Okay. So I'm talking about not like with America. You mean the one, the one that happened over, over here? Over here and being done? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, no, like, not, 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 not